0: This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast. I don't know if you noticed, but we didn't have one last week because I was sick. And My name's Danielle.
1: And I'm Jamie, and my period is kicking my motherfucking ass.
0: <laughs> I got in between the two of us. So <laughs> I'm in the middle of like what they call a GERD flare. So if anybody's ever had GERD before, it sucks. Like Everybody's like, it's just acid reflux. No, it'll completely ruin your entire life, actually. And uh, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. And <laughs> I was so sick last week. I was like, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to do anything. And all I could do was send the poor radio station, like, an older version of, like, whatever we'd already done. And then I even completely forgot to even post anything on Sunday because I was in bed most of the day trying not to vomit. So, I'm like, this really blows. And then Jamie's like, well, I just got my period early. Yeah, but that's okay. So... At least you're not pregnant,
1: right? (laughs) Right. What did you do? You didn't do anything this weekend?
0: Hell no. I'm sick as a dog. Like, I literally... Well, I saw my mom. I went to my parents' house Sunday night. And I, I forced myself out of the house for that, but I mean even now as I'm sitting here, like now that the ameprasol sort of kicking in, like I was telling Jamie, I'm like they gave me this ameprasol, and I swear it's like making it worse because I really feel like now I like want to vomit, but I won't vomit. It's like I remember her daughter had like a situation. Yep, she still goes through it. Yeah, and but I don't want to vomit, She's but the it's really bad. I don't
1: understand you.
0: I know. I'm like I need to get Katie over here. We could just like sit around and talk about our gerd problems or something. But <laughs> um, it kind of like. So, the acid kind of comes up and it gets into your esophagus, right? right. And it like burns it all up. And somewhere in there, it sets off the nerves inside your esophagus, right? And some people just have like a really sensitive esophagus, right? Lucky fucking me, I'm one of them. It's called like hypermobile esophagus or something. Day. I know, I, obviously. I feel like
1: eating like a callus.
0: Is it- <laughs> <laughs> know, right, You're in your that, throat? Is,
1: that is why Jamie has no throat issues because I'm you, you know, it just goes all I, the way down I exercise the fuck out of that thing well
0: you know it's like all the way down like by my stomach though like n- I don't know that I'd want to have a a man in my life that has a penis that's like two feet long I mean that would be interesting no she's thinking about it, thinking it but about it would it. be like a peg it'd be like a peg she'd just spin around on top and at some it point would it would hurt. hit her cervix and she'd be done it
1: would hurt like it would hurt
0: It would not be a good idea for you, I don't think.
1: No, not for me. I have a very shallow vagina. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't go too deep. It's fine. Like, anything bigger than, like, nine and a half, and it's just painful. Like, I don't want it.
0: Nine and a half is not a shallow vagina. You swallowed that thing like a hot dog down a long haul. (laughs) Nine and a half inches is not a shallow vagina. That's probably a very normal vagina. Maybe. Anyway. The
1: average penis is only four inches.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome (laughs) back. Um, But anyway, so it it, it sets off all this shit anyway. So it's like burning holes. Oh, in my esophagus. My chair just tried to kill me. And... (laughs) It sets off my heart. They had to take me out of an ambulance. They had, then, like, he, my, it was my son's birthday, his 21st birthday.
1: Look, we all went out and party like rock stars on Christopher's 21st birthday, and we're home by 11.
0: I know. And you know what? It's because my heart started getting set off because I tried to have a stupid freaking beer. I thought I had, you know, babied myself enough that I could have, like, a drink. I mean, I got into my second beer, and it started setting off my heart. And man, next thing you know, I was in the emergency room again. It was probably
1: better when we left when we did because because it was gonna get crazy with Christopher. Like those people were gonna come in there that are normally there, and they were gonna like get that poor baby shit face. So it's oh, fun. like Aunt Jamie tried to do, and Uncle Pat. Aunt Jamie offered him a shot of fireball. Aunt Kate was like, "Bitch, no!" And then I gave him water. Then Aunt Beth and Aunt Jamie may I have done a freaking car bomb car
0: bomb yeah did
1: auntie and me go home and projectile vomit from all the gas built up in her tiny stomach from the guinness probably oh my god did you was it worth it absolutely i felt fine afterwards
0: oh my god everybody and then uh, my uncle pat kept just putting shots in front of him put right. a kamikaze mixing shit, shit oh i
1: walked over and i said what the fuck is that and he was like it's a red devil and i was like you mean a red death And he was like, no, it's a red devil, by the way, Uncle Pat, you're wrong. It's a red death. And (laughs) that shit is like, I was like, that's like seven different alcohols. He's like, it's five. And then I did the recipe in my head, and yes, it is. It's five
0: different types of alcohols. Remember how red his face was? It's probably from the devil shot. I don't know. Either way, he but had quite a bit. I was
1: like, "Baby, your face is red." Let me and Jimmy go get you some water.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he did really good. I, I mean, he did get a little giggly. Uh huh. Just a little bit, but he never like broke. Like I don't know, he never broke his normal affect. Yeah, he was. He yeah, just, he was still, he stayed I don't. The same. I don't
1: think he's gonna be that guy that like was like is like a woohoo guy. I think he's just gonna be like a little more giggly. I think Christopher's gonna be a very mellow. Drinker, which
0: is he's a very mellow kid in in and of itself. But I mean, it, it was very interesting to have to go out with him for his twenty first birthday and getting ready to ship him off the boot camp. Like it's just the whole thing. It's just I've had so much stress lately and so much change occurring that it's like no wonder I'm going through kind of like what I'm going through because I've been like doing too much. Like it's just been way too much, and I literally cry all the time thinking about him leaving. So, now I'm stuck in this awful place, and our boss is like, mm, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care. She doesn't. No. So, um, I'm trying to get better from that. So, if you guys, I know there was, like, actually, like, quite a few people that were like, uh, you didn't post. And I'm like, "Yeah, yes, sorry. Katie's I was, like, really like, sick. Katie's like,
1: excuse me. Um... I had, a, I had a nice weekend. On Friday night, um, we went over to our friend Joe and Kai's, and we played pool and spades, and we hung out there until, like, 2 in the morning. And I was like, shit, babe, you gotta work in the morning. Paco didn't make it to work on Saturday. He didn't? No. Because we didn't get home until 2. Oh,
0: wow, okay.
1: And I used to feeling frisky, so.
0: Oh, boy, okay. So <laughs>
1: then, on Saturday, um... What did I do on Saturday? I went to breakfast with Sally. We went to Smiley's restaurant right there on 273. Mm-hmm. They tore down the Denny's.
0: I know. I saw that. And I broke
1: by, and my heart kind of broke because that was my first server job. That was yeah. my first real single mom job where yeah. like, I had to take care of Katie, so I had to work. Serving at Denny's was it. That's where me and Donna Jones became so close. It's mm-hmm. where I met Ron. Right. Like, it, it stung a little to see... No more Denny's, but we had... I didn't know
0: you met Don uh, Don. I didn't know you met Ron there. I
1: met Ron at tailgates, but he was friends with Donna. Mmm. Ron told me he loved me the, for the very first time in the Denny's parking lot. Oh,
0: wow. Mm-hmm. How about that? So, oh. anyway, um... So you went to Smiley. Smiley's is really Smiley's good. Smiley's was
1: good, and then I came home, and Paco and I went to his friend Junior from Work's birthday party. It was a surprise party, and that was fun. Paco got a little tipsy, which isn't normal. Um, and then we went home, and I stayed up till about 11 and went to bed. And then the next day, when he had Devin, I binge-watched I'm in Love with Mama's Boy, the second uh, season. Yeah. And if you people haven't watched this shit, please God watch it. Please watch it, because the fucking trash-tasticness of this show is worth Every fucking binged episode.
0: I don't know that I can. I've These seen like a mothers couple. Are nuts. The mothers are.
1: The mothers are nuts. The sons are dumb, and the women are fed the fuck up.
0: Oh my god! I mean, I've seen a couple, um, like TikToks of it. I think they might mu- like you know people like doing like little like clips of stuff, and I was like, oh, I can't even be bothered.
1: Oh no! It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's
0: so good. Hmm.
1: You know what else is good?
0: Hmm.
1: This crazy bitch that thinks she is a reincarnated Linus.
0: Oh, my God. That's how we're segueing in. That's because we're so boring right now. I don't have anything good going on. You're just chilling, living your life. Everything's That's fine. She, just living my life. Just living your life. I'm, like, over here dying because I have all these stomach problems. Oh, my God. My okay, poor husband. So, y'all, this bitch
1: is crazy. The headline reads, this is from the New York Post, by the way, so it's like a daddy news. (laughs) Okay. So this happens. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Woman in blonde wig caught on video cavorting with lion at the Bronx Zoo. Listen to this. In a wig. Right. It looks like the lion queen has returned with a roar. Apparently she's been there before. A crazed woman in a blonde wig was captured on video <laughs> in, the line in, in the line enclosure at the Bronx Zoo, telling the king of the jungle that she loves him as she tossed $100 bills towards the big cat.
0: Oh my god. I missed him
1: so much, says the woman, believed to be Maya Altry. The batty Brooklyn animal lover, caught on camera sneaking into the lion's den in 2019 on Thursday afternoon, Um, was... Re- did it again on Thursday afternoon in a video aired by WNBC. King I love you she gushes. In the footage the woman is seen dancing in a red dress and a leopard print shawl and holding a bouquet of roses. At one point she makes it rain with cash then bends over and smacks her rear end in the direction of the apex predator. (laughs) What? I need to find the video. Cops said Friday that they are eyeing Altree in the latest cat caper. She infamously hops a barrier and taunted a lion in the same spot two years ago. Police said the zoo is not feline fine. A feline
0: fine,
1: but I'm pumped. The the zoo is not feline fine about the lion lover breaching the barrier and is working with cops on the hunt for her. As the zoo ke- spokesman told the Post, here's a picture of her. She is like, oh, no, bowdy, bowdy. The situation involves one individual who is determined to harass our lions with no regard for her own safety or safety of our staff and our guests and no regard for the well-being of the lions. The zoo said in a statement, we have an NYPD substation in the in the park and we're working closely with them. If it is in the park, why is she able to even do this? The big cat quarter...
0: You know why? Because everybody's taking their phone out watching this dumbass instead of calling for help. They're all like, oh my god, hurry up and get this. She's getting ready to get eaten. The big cat quarter jumped a barrier at the lion exhibit
1: Thursday, but was still on the other side of the 15-foot protective moat, separating the enclosure from the public, according to the cops in the zoo. The woman did not enter the exhibit and was never in the same space as the lion, which are separated from the zoo visitors by the large moat. A zoo rep said the statement to WNBC. The incident lasted only a couple of minutes, and the woman was gone when staff arrived on scene. The zoo intends to prosecute the woman for criminal trespass if she is identified. Police said a a a a seller reported a woman playing with the animals in the enclosure at around 3.45 p.m., but by the time they arrived, she had fled back to the urban jungle... (laughs) The urban jungle. <laughs> and was nowhere to be found. The spectacle was similar to the incident in 2019 in which Autry, the so-called Lion Queen, hopped a barrier and danced as she taunted one of the big cats at the zoo. A woman who witnessed that the latest incident said that based on Autry's Instagram page, it appears to be the same feline fan- fanatic from Brooklyn. Autry, who was has claimed she is a reincarnated lion was arrested in November 2019 near the Barclays Center and slapped with a criminal trespass charge for the stunt. And look, the crazy thing is, look how cute she is. Oh. Police were able to identify Autry at the time because she posted photos and videos of herself inside the animal enclosure. I fear nobody, no animal, no human, no, nobody. So no, I wasn't fearing the lion because the lion loved me, she said after the 2019 in- incident. According to the station, that's why he came to me and let the lion, I let the lion know, I love you. Belmont resident Raul Rivera told WNBC I can't believe she did it again. (laughs) If it even is her, I don't know what's going on through people's minds. And that's the end of the video. So this bitch
0: is... Unbelievable! (laughs) When they were like, she slapped her rear end at him... (laughs) I know. I'm seeing, you know what? I just watched um, Never Been Kissed.
1: You've just watched that? No, no, no.
0: I've, I've seen it a million oh, times. Okay. But when I go through these periods like I'm having right now with the GERD because it causes this severe anxiety and everything, instead of me watching like Blue Bloods or anything, I try to watch romance right. comedies or rom-coms. comedies. Rom-coms. And they, they keep me calm because it's like, I don't know, your nerves get set on fire. You can't really handle any more stress. So it's like fucked up. It's ridiculous, by the way. So anyway- watching 13 going or never been kissed and in that thing she's like she gets all high remember she eats the brownies and she gets up on stage and she turns around she's smacking her butt to this that's what I pictured her doing that was like the longest way for me to tell you what I was saying but I'm picturing her doing that in the enclosure with the lions I don't know why that came up but it did
1: so this girl is like the Josie Grossy. Of the lion?
0: Basically, I'm assuming, because when you she, when you said she turned around and smacked her butt at him, I don't know why, it just popped up in my head, and I'm like, wow, she's the Josie Grosie, yeah.
1: Josie Grossy, That's so funny. I, I don't
0: care. Well, we does. I got two things. Okay, go. So, I'm gonna make this one really fast. So, obviously, we gotta talk about Britney Spears. Her conservatorship is over.
1: Britney's free, bitch.
0: And it is done for her, and... I just hope that somebody kind of keeps an eye on her. <laughs> like, that's all I hope because that poor girl has been so traumatized and controlled and all kinds of weird ass shit has happened to her. And um, I know that we have talked about some of the outlandish things that she's done. But at the end of the day, like, I kind of grew up with her in a way too myself. And I do want to see her be successful at the end of the day. So I'm really hoping that somebody can kind of walk along with her. And I blame her handlers and the people that have been around her for some of the shit that she's going through. But... um. <laughs> So the next thing I want to talk about is the Adele special.
1: I did not watch it, but apparently it was something that I should let you you want to see it occur naturally. Was Dolly Parton on it? Because I'm no,
0: no, but what cracked me up about it was all right, so there's a night for it's like, you know, this I do
1: know that there was a proposal to happen.
0: Yes, there was. And that was very, very cute. And let's start here. She has this um concert. Mm-hmm. And Oprah's like they're watching along with her, and she has like an interview, but that's like separate from the concert. So she does like two songs, and they have like an Oprah part. She's on there for a few minutes, and then it's more songs. I wish I could have got to know her more because she's such a fascinating, down to earth kind of person, and I enjoyed everything that she really had to say. Um, and some people are like, well, with Adele, it's always like the same shit with her, it's always sad songs, right. And it kind of can be to a certain extent. A lot of it is about her journeys in this life and they're sad and you pull your heart out about it, I guess. Don't
1: hate on her people. She's amazing. fucking cares? Go easy on her people. I know, right?
0: Well, the thing that I cracked up about was so she gives this concert, it's nothing but rich ass, most of them white people. Rich, rich, rich. And she's got terrible
1: stage fright. Does she talk about that in the special? How she's no,
0: thinking? she didn't. She did really well with it. Um, she her son was there for the first time seeing her. Her son is still young enough that he doesn't realize who she is yet. Like he doesn't realize, oh my mom Adele. Like she's a big fucking deal, right? Right? Adele's a huge fucking deal. So, he said there was a couple times that he heard, like, the new song and, like, a lot of people listened to it. And he was like, wow, mom, they really like your song. (laughs) Like, he doesn't get that, like, of course everybody likes it. It's fucking Adele, right? But what got me was, I mean, it's just, there's so many super rich people that you know they paid out their asshole to go to this goddamn thing. I mean, and it was, like, um, Leonardo DiCaprio was there. Oh, yeah. Melissa McCarthy. um, God, there was, like, so many people. I mean, there was a couple non-white people or whatever, but for the most part, it was super rich, fucking white people, and it kind of made me a little sad because I've heard that, like, going to see her is extremely expensive. Like, it's not cheap to go see Adele at all. Right. Right. And I'm like, wow, like this would have been like the awesomest thing to like have so many people like maybe win their spot to come see him that can't really afford to come see him. And instead you're seeing people like that that have money the world over. They could, you know, fly Adele out to do their own private whatever in the backyard. So I don't know. And I'm probably being a big fat Karen about that right now. But I kept telling Bruce, I'm like, oh, these fucking rich ass white people. Like just tons and tons of white people. Like who is, what's the Seth guy's name that smokes pot all the time? Seth Rogen? No. Is it
1: Seth Rogen? uh Seth Rogen no you're thinking of uh
0: the guy that did um that the baby movie that you know the whatever it was called you know like what else and he did
1: Seth Rogen is
0: um I don't, he, well anyway the whole point was he was there um there was like a lot of people but then she did do the nice thing where somehow this guy decided he wanted to propose to his girlfriend and she was like we need to be quiet so if you he like ruin this me it is seth rogan okay yeah so seth rogan was there um and she brings this like couple out and apparently he like responded to something he thought it was going to be like a tv show or something anyway he like brings her out and um like gets down on one knee and adele's like and she's blindfolded but like the lights are off and adele's on stage and you can't even see her but then they're like he's like brings her out unties the like the thing and she's like who are all these fucking people <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. who are all these people and then he gets down on the knee and she's like what are you doing oh my god what are you doing what are you doing down there like it was just so funny she's like what is happening like you could tell she was like oh my god and then all of a sudden he like you know does it and she says yes and then Adele comes on and she starts bawling her eyes out so bad that Melissa McCarthy had to like get her something like <laughs> because they sit and they're like you go sit in the front row she tells them so they go sit in the front row and she's like Ooh, like And Adele's like singing directly to them and everything. And (laughs) Melissa McCarthy's like, you know, can somebody pass me some fucking tissues? This bitch is like having a meltdown. And I'm like, this is so amazing. But it was very, very good. Um, Obviously, it it was a night to remember she was beautiful and it was so cool. Her son was there watching her perform for the first time. And um, I was like, she's like up on this hill. (laughs)
1: like far away
0: you know like she's up it's like at this conservatory so it's like all the way up like in the sky and like they always like they're going to like these panned out shots and I don't know if they're like on drones or what at this point but they're like doing all these shots I mean it literally looks like she's singing in the sky there's just all these fucking white people around it just was so it was really good I think the only thing I really wish is that we could have talked they could have had more time talking to her
1: Right. I wish the
0: interview I mean in total the interview probably was about 20 minutes like by the time they broke it all up so you didn't really get to hear too too much from her but the one thing I thought was really neat her and her ex-husband they live across the street from each other and they get along and they like they're like friends good and I'm like how about that like so that's kind of neat but it it was pretty good so anybody that saw it they're probably like you're mean to Karen there wasn't that many rich money. yes it was the entire fucking thing was nothing but celebrities the whole thing celebrities I know Jamie's like, are you done now? Can we can we move on? Are you still on this rant about white people, celebrities?
1: <laughs> I have something about a celebrity. Oh, okay. So Mike Tyson died once.
0: Oh, okay. While
1: tripping on psychedelic toad venom.
0: Okay, so this is my, I'm wondering, like, did somebody just go, dude, you're going to trip your balls off. I'm going to bring these toads over and you got to lick it. Right. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, like, how do you just do that? I mean, but he is Mike Tyson, so he's probably got all kinds of money. So I'm thinking... Somebody just bring over something like in, like a little perfume-looking ass I don't bottle. Know. Let's says, find out. Take a shot. Mike
1: Tyson <laughs> dropped dead from drugs. Well, sorta. I died during my first trip. The 55 year fifty-five-year-old former world champion boxer told the Post at Wonderland, a Miami conference dedicated to psychedelics, microdosing, and medicine. In my trips, I've seen that death is beautiful. Oh Jesus!
0: Come what? on.
1: And I I can't even get past him be reading this in the Mike Tyson voice in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Twips are beautiful. In my twips, I've seen that death is beautiful. Like life and death both have to be beautiful. Anyway, but death has a bad rep. The toad has taught me. The toad has taught me. Shut! That is not what he said. The toad (laughs) has taught me that I am not going to be here forever. There's an expiration date.
0: Oh my. Okay.
1: The toad is Buffalo Alvarius, a Mexican amphibian, otherwise known as the Sor- Sonoran Desert Toad. It spends seven months of the year living underground, but when it's active, its venom can be smoked to produce a short psych- uh, psychoactive trip. The venom has long been used in traditional healing rituals, but the popular... Popularity of LSD and Ayahuasca. I've never even heard that. Isn't it Um, it? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Anyway. Okay. Among the rich (laughs) and famous, the toad is getting a lot more attention. Tyson discovered it four years ago at the time. He was 100 pounds overweight, drinking and drugging. He was sluggish and unhappy. One of his friends suggested he try toad venom. And the athlete loved it. I did it as a dare, Tyson recalled. I was not doing heavy drugs like cocaine. So why not? It's another dimension. Before I did the toad, I was a wreck. (laughs) The toughest opponent I ever faced was myself. I had low self-esteem. People with big egos often have low self-esteem. We use our egos to subsidize that. And the toad strips that ego. He now tripped. He has now tripped on toad 53 times, (gasps) sometimes three times in the same day. He said he lost 100 pounds in three months, started boxing again, and reconnected with his wife and children. He's also become an advocate for psychedelics. Psychedelic.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, they do talk about microdosing.
1: Evangelizing all over the country. It has made me more creative and helps me focus, he said. I'm more present as a businessman and an entrepreneur. Tyson is into the trippy toad that he has a whole nursery of the amphibians at his ranch in Desert Hot Springs in South California. Venom, Venom on demand, if you will. People see the difference in me, he said. It speaks for itself. If you knew me back in 1989, I did know you, Mike. I played Punch-Out. (laughs) You're a different person. My mind isn't sophisticated enough to fathom what happened but life has improved. The Toad's whole purpose is to reach your highest potential. I look at the world differently. We're all the same. Everyone is love. Tyson is working on two brands of cannabis, including one called Undefeated with a new team, including entrepreneur Adam Wilkes and marijuana heavyweight Columbia Care Inc. His Toad line will include actual psychedelic venom, but the strain is inspired by his wild experiences with the Toad. But with cities like Denver, Detroit, and Oakland starting to decriminalize mushrooms, Tyson hopes he will be able to sell the real toad venom soon. To that end, he has invested in Westna Health, a biotech company that is using psilocybin. P-S-I-L-O-C-Y-B-I-N.
0: Oh, I know that's what I can't think about.
1: I know. Psilocybin. I know it, but I can't
0: think of it right now. As a
1: treatment for traumatic brain injuries. I'm fighting for psychedelics to become medicine. You can buy over the counter, he said. I'm not finished. I want to do more. I want to be the best that I can be in this field.
0: Wow. But I died once, and then I just keep doing it. So,
1: basically, he didn't really die. He just, like, died in a hallucination. and, And
0: he rebirthed himself. Right.
1: He came out like a phoenix from the fire.
0: From the fire. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because some people really do believe in microdosing those mushrooms and that it changes your life, especially for um, people that have severe, severe depression that is just not treated well by anything else.
1: Girl, I would do that and I would have the worst trip of my life. And I would, what? It, what is it? This, this defecinerate myself.
0: Defenestrate.
1: Yes, I would defenestrate myself.
0: <laughs> That's one way of getting us onto the next topic. Um, well, I there was a couple studies that had been done for people that are just, they really just can't get it together in terms of the, the depression. And I don't mean that they don't try. There is just something completely within them that is, you know, right. just, they just, they can't for whatever reason, their body, their makeup, their chemicals, whatever it is. And they're now doing a lot of research now with microdosing. So you don't actually trip. You don't do anything at all. But it changes the chemistry of who you are for a little while. So I'm like, you know, well, let's see. And I never knew that some of these cities were now, I guess, decriminalizing mushrooms. So I'm like, how far are we going to go with that? That's like a weird topic, though, for me.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like weed was one thing. Um, mushrooms, mushrooms are also natural. They're from, you know... The shit, um, literally.
0: I know, right? Literally, it's
1: grown in poo.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So wash them. Um. I feel like they are all natural. Um. Most bad trips aren't while people are taking mushrooms. Most bad trips are from LSD. Acid. Yeah. Acid. Um. So I don't completely disagree with legalizing mushrooms but how far is this gonna go like we've legalized that we've legalized mm-hmm. if we legalize mushrooms like when are they like heroin used to be used for everything back in the day like mm-hmm. it was a medication the opioid epidemic is fucking huge
0: oh my god have you seen dope sick yet no oh my god dope sick is like amazing you need to like check it out but it's like one of those ones that they release like one episode a week on hulu and uh, Michael Keaton's in it, and a couple like other names that I just don't know off the top of my head at the moment.
1: I do love Michael but Keaton.
0: It it's very very good, and it actually walks you through how oxycontin made its way in, into the world, and right. it is right. So it's unbelievable. So we have this
1: this this pandemic, this this secondary pandemic mm-hmm. with opiates, and I feel like. It's only a matter of time before people start lobbying for that and Lord forbid, Lord forbid they make that shit legal.
0: I just, I can't imagine like how far you're going to go with some of this stuff, you know, like Oxycontin is legal, but you know, getting it on, you know, whatever. But if you follow along with the show Dope Sick on like how Oxycontin came about, how they got in mainstream and all that stuff, like there's, they have like now like the fifth vital sign or something and it's about pain where it didn't used to. you know occur before so now like you you go into you know a doctor's office and they'll be like well how much pain are you in like i was just in the hospital and they were like how much pain are you in i'm like well i'm not really in pain but and then they show you this like sheet and it's like progressive one to ten and i was like oh my god and i remember like I, i never thought of it before when they would ask you what's your pain well i you know and you'd look at it and you wouldn't even think about it but that didn't used to exist the people that made that drug created it that chart created that chart. It was all around like getting oxycontin. They they made up this whole thing about how it's um uh, what is it like something like medically proven to not be addictive. It's the first opiate that's not addictive. I that. Yeah, less than 1% of um, you know, people that need it, blah, blah, blah. And then what they were finding was they would get people to be like, oh, well, they're not, you know, they're not needing more of the product, their pain's just not managed. They're not, you know, becoming addicted. No, that's what it was. It's They're not becoming addictive. They're, their pain's not being managed. You need to give them more. It's their pain. So they would get these quack doctors on there. They'd be like, well, they're not addicted. They need more meds. And you're like, oh, my God. And, like, when you followed along, you're like, holy fucking crap. And the people that get addicted to them, and they kind of go through their stories, but they also deal with the people who were peddling it. So it was like, you know, you have the people that go in, and they're like the pharmacy reps, you know, or yeah. whatever, the – pharmaceutical reps and they're going in and they're you know talking about it and all this stuff and then now it's like you get to the part where they're like well wait a minute i think we were lied to like now it's starting to like but it kind of goes back and forth because like the dea kind of gets involved and it's like years down the road and they kind of go back and forth with it so you got to you really got to pay attention to where they're at with it it's There's, excellent i
1: remember a few years back when doctor's office were just getting raided and shut down because they were basically pill mills
0: I do remember that. We had a couple here in Delaware even that were doing it. like five or six. Yeah, there was some in here that went through the same thing, and I do remember that. And, you know, I was in nursing for quite a long time, and even after I was out of it, I remember that these guys were getting, like, shut down. And I'm so removed from... That stuff because the people that I'm around, the people that are like my core people aren't involved with drugs. So it's like when I'm around people that do drugs, it has to be like glaringly obvious they're doing drugs because I was with someone who was on drugs. Yeah, I know. And I had not a fucking clue that motherfucker was on drugs. I I thought he had like cancer or something. I love your
1: naivety sometimes where you were like. How do you know? And then I'm rattling off signs and you're like, oh. Because oh my God, how
0: did I miss that that whole time? Yeah, it was Jamie fucked up.
1: not naive
0: to the world of drugs. It was fucked up. Yeah, seriously. It, it's insane. You just don't realize it. You have to check that out, though. If you do anything, you know watch Dope, Dope Sick. It's insanely not good. I'm going to have to check
1: it out because I ain't doing shit else this weekend. Actually, that's not true.
0: But like it's, it's a... Oh, it's Dave's Walk this weekend.
1: So it is Dave's Walk this weekend. Mm-hmm. I also have... Um, get-together at Terry's. Um, I think that's basically it, though. I don't think I have anything else that I'm doing. Um, next week is going to be a really easy week at work. We are d- working um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is regular DMV hours. We're not staying open till right late, It's 7, and then we have off Thursday and Friday.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: So, I'm supposed to go at the AskRocket Dawn to the um, outlets with my Aunt Terry and Rachel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was talking to Kira on the way here, and I was like, girl, I don't know if I can do it.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Because I don't know if I'm getting up that early on purpose when I don't have to.
0: Because mm. Mm. they want to leave
1: at, like, 4.30 to get there by 6.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. At the outlets? I mean, is it really worth it?
1: I mean, with Devin, um, it's easier to get, like, Under Armour and North Face and Nike um, mm-hmm. on Black Friday because they're so cheap. And he's, you know, he's a bougie kid. He likes bougie things. Um, but that's it. Like, I don't have to go and go all day. And that's the thing. Terry and Rachel will go all day.
0: Um, and I don't have
1: it in me to go all day.
0: Well, you know I ain't the one.
1: No, I don't have it in me to go all day. All that
0: walking and shopping and oh my God. Why
1: do I keep walking?
0: Why is this a thing? <laughs> um, well, Jamie had mentioned defenestration.
1: Yes, yes, this is great. I wanted so to do, do it. I'm so like, confused.
0: I'm not going to read the whole article because it's like a whole long, it's like four pages. So I'm going to spare everybody. But I get on this thing, <laughs> and somehow it comes up and it goes, look out below the bloody history of defenestration. And I'm like, what's defenestration? I'm like immediately thinking it's like cutting off a penis or something. I don't know uh-huh. why. But I, it didn't dawn on me what it really was until First I got in there. The
1: tickled on the brain. Woo! <laughs>
0: must be dick on the brain (laughs) so it's defenestration is when you take somebody and you throw them out a window to their death bye bye and it's as a method of execution like it was an actual thing throwing someone through a window is a bizarre concept it's amazing there's even a word for it and yet there it is defenestration We've we've witnessed it in countless movies the thrilling opening fight scene in Watchmen Edward Longshanks hurling his son's lover through an open window in Braveheart even the triumphant moment in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when Friar Tuck pushes the money Latin bishop through the stained glass window of his chapel. But there's a very real and very weird history behind the practice, it says. So, apparently, the origin of the term defenestration, the Latin word de, meaning out of, and fenestra, meaning window, comes from an incident in Prague, Bohemia, now the from Czech now Republic. On,
1: windows are just fenestra. Yeah, That's I know, right? lovely fenestra dressing you have there.
0: I know. Uh, and it happened in 1419. So, a group of anti-Catholic rebels, the Hussites, marched upon the new town Hall in Charles Square, demanding the release of some of the Hussite prisoners. When the request was refused and a stone was hurled at their leader, Jan Zalivsky, the Hussites angrily stormed the hall and started the, and t- started tossing the council members out the windows. As if that wasn't bad enough, the incense mob gathered below the windows, held up spears for the men to fall upon, those that weren't killed by the fall were hastily dispatched with the spears. 200 years later, it happened all over again. Fittingly titled the second defenestration of Prague. The 1618 act was fueled by the religious altercation between the Protestant, Bohemian Ar- Ar- aristocracy uh, or it wait aristocracy. Yeah. And the ruling Catholic Habsburgs were upon members of the former through two Habsburg regents out the windows. <laughs> so these people, and then eventually it became a way of execution so, like, if somebody did something and they had to go, they'd be like, oh, "I'm throwing you out the window." They'd be like, Bloop. "All right, bye." Okay. So,
1: when it was a form of execution, they did clear the the space, and then they I don't know. they put spears. So, if by chance they would survive said fall, they would be impaled.
0: Well, that was what, just on that thing, on that time, like, they were angry, so they sat at the bottom with their pitchforks or whatever, their Oh, spears. people would
1: stand there with...
0: with well, them. no, this, that time in 1419, oh. they did it, because there was a whole shitload of people there, and they wanted their men back, but they don't really talk about that afterwards, but a century later, in the Mughal Empire, apparently, um, murdering the, it says, murdering the newly appointed Prime Minister Adaga Khan in an act of jealousy... General Adam Khan was ordered to be defenestrated by Mughal Empire Akbar. So, like, it starts becoming, like, a thing. And so, like, they keep going. Like, after a while, they're like, oh, well, we're just gonna throw you out. You know, the rip- throw you out the window. And then Nigeria saw a horrific display in 1977 when Nigerian soldiers threw the mother of musician and human rights activist Fila Kuti out the window after taking umbrage to her son's <laughs> new Afrobeat album. What? Feel a feel cootie. Feela cootie. Feel a coo- Aww. <laughs> <laughs> the poor woman died and you're snort laughing. <laughs> Feela cootie. cootie. Feel
1: I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: this woman got thrown out a window to her death and she's like, Why your name's Feela Cootie though. You probably deserved it. <laughs> God, as if her death wasn't brutal enough, the commanding officer also Ooh. defecated on the mother's head and then burned Cootie's entire compound to the ground. So he threw her out a window. And then burned the Cootie's No, down. no, no, hold on. Let's get this straight. Get so he okay, throws her out the window, runs down the steps, to, 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 rolls down the steps, comes outside, to, 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 zip, zips his pants down, shits, shits <laughs> on her head, and then says, burn it down.
1: Fuck you and your Cootie's.
0: And burnt the whole fucking place down.
1: Burn the cootie!
0: What is wrong with somebody that they run down the steps, down the steps, and then unzip their pants and take a dump on somebody's dead head? She must have wronged him because you don't just let, let me. Let me wait, wait. Let me go shit on her first. She liked her son's new Afrobeat album "Zombie," which had criticized the military. That's it. So she got thrown out of window, shit on, and her whole life got thrown down the toilet, basically, in a fire. All because she was like, dude, my son's album rocks.
1: That's sad. That's sad.
0: Why are you laughing she <laughs> <self? laughs> She's t- trying so hard to be a good person right now. Because her
1: name was Cootie. <laughs> and now poor little Cootie's so sad. <laughs> poor little
0: Cootie. I could not believe that. Though. I thought that was it was insane. I never knew that you would actually use something like that to kill another person.
1: Well, you know, when I become president, that's going to be our main form of execution.
0: Throwing people out a window? Just
1: throw them out the window onto the stakes! <laughs> oh my- <laughs> Wait a minute! We're on the first floor, but- Wait a minute, I had to have a bell. <laughs> While he's down there-
0: <laughs> Let me take a dump on his head. <laughs> like they did to Fila Right. <laughs>
1: I'm going to Fila your
0: ass. Oh my god! I was just about to say, like, you can name it instead of defenestration, it's going to be Fila
1: I'm gonna feel like gonna feel you. a cootie
0: your ass I feel like you when not only do you get thrown out the window but somebody takes a wild thump on your face right when they're dying right.
1: that's that's wow
0: <laughs> any anywho that is not okay I feel really bad about myself now as a so person. I know
1: that you have a story about a hotel
0: oh it's just like a little blurb that I thought was pretty neat
1: I have a story about a village okay so this is a 500 year old village that only costs one dollar per year to live in. But it comes with some rules. So I'm going to try and find the rule. Fugger. Oh, my God. The community. (sighs) If you've ever run in a home, you'll understand that one thing Rem will do is remain constant. Will not do is remain constant for long. There is, however, an exception to the rule. How about living somewhere that's had the same rate for 500 years? Try the fuggery.
0: The fuggery?
1: The fuggery. Yep. What the fuckery? <laughs> the world's oldest housing complex. This German community is still taking in new tenants, but living there may not be worth the price. The fuckery.
0: Oh, you're just going to call the it the fuckery, fuckery at this point. It's
1: the fuckery at this point. Wouldn't exist today if not for Jacob Fugger. That Fugger.
0: <laughs> oh my god, this is not for in you. In
1: 1516, the wealthy member of the royal court decided to build something to house the Catholic workers who were flooding into. Okay, it says Augsburg, not Asburg. <laughs> Germany. Jacob wanted somewhere they could live affordably, since he knew they were sustaining themselves on meager salaries. Oh, what a nice Fuggery! Uh huh. The Fuggery became a walled city within another city. When it was complete, residents paid the Rhinister G- Golden, which was equivalent to one month's pay, to reside in the Fuggery. <laughs> So today that converts to about a dollar and seven cents. Today the Fuggery is a unique is unique in the world. Astrid Gabler, PR manager for the Fugger Found oh the Fugger Foundation.
0: <laughs> said a look inside This is just too good for you at this point. I I just it's just live. And a them look up.
1: inside shows why. A visit enables you a view on special community and its values. Um, this is an important part of the history. The Asperg and the Fugger family and the Fuggery show their development, blah, blah, blah. Um, the complex is a du- has duplicated red roof structures that are two floors with an apartment on each, and, ha- and by 1523, it reached 52 buildings. Uh, the Fuggery eventually gained its own town square, and Catholic Church became blah, blah, blah. So, what are the rules? Let me see
0: kind of interesting so it doesn't cost anything but you got to do this
1: it says fuggery's life in the new city it says the 16th century town government agreed that jacob's terms and historically complex exchange hands granted fugger's policy were pretty intense uh how to be a (sighs) fuggery to live in the fuggery the applicant must be catholic low income zero debt and an upstanding in the community. Whatever oh, shit. that. Okay. Besides these requirements, you had to promise to say three daily prayers to the fucker family. Bless the fuckers.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Then I there was the matter
1: of curfew. If you were caught outside of the walls after ten p.m., you had to pay admission to re-enter the fuckery. Through the policies, though the policies were harsh, fuckers community took off. In many ways, the town is much like Jacob left it though it would inevitably evolve over the the years. The Fuggery is still standing in and housing residents because of its age. There are still some odd features floating around, such as doorbell pools. With each apartment being identical, residents would accidentally go into each other's homes. To resolve this, the construction team built unique iron pools for every door. Oh, okay. Okay? Besides the iron pools, there are still hand pump wells scattered across the grounds. There's also a cast iron fountain from 1744 a few buildings with their original 16th century address numbers and an ancient school hospital restaurant and beer garden you gotta be Catholic that up- sounds nice and upstanding but there's a fucking beer
0: garden well it's a place for everybody to get together have a drink just you know you're allowed to have a drink right yeah beer you know you have so many people that have always said hey I would love to buy a huge plot of land and bring like-minded people with me but well,
1: look at like, intricate details. That's, neat. That's a doorknob.
0: What kind of rules would you want to have?
1: I don't know. It says about hundred people, 150 people that live in the fuggeries, 67 buildings, and 147 apartments between 500 and 700 square feet. They still pay a dollar seven, and regardless of age or marital status, as long as they've lived in Osburg for two years and are in need, and are of need... They can apply for residency. Once you're in, you're still responsible for some demanding duties. So you still have to do the the Lord's Prayer. Um, you have to work at least part time. Um a lot of them do like the landscaping and things around the apartments. Right. For free because they live there for a dollar fucking seven.
0: Well, is that I guess would that be counted towards like some of their job duties, I'm assuming maybe.
1: It said Mozart moved into a house in House 14 on Mitzogasi in 1861.
0: This is fascinating. He
1: is the great grandson. His great grandson would become the great composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh wow. So Mozart's great grandfather was an original fuckery. Mm. Another notable resident was 48 year old Dortha Braun. Do you know who she is? No. Who fell prey to Osberg's witch hunts in the 1600s. Before being accused of witchcraft, she rented the upper level of the gatehouse at, whatever that word is, 52, and worked as a caregiver in the Fuggery Hospital. Um, her ending was very tragic. Um, the person who questions Dorothea's Dorothea's devotion to Christianity was her 11-year-old daughter. Under torture, Dorothea confessed to fake crimes. Well, on September 26, 19, or 1625, she was beheaded and then burned to keep her spirit from returning to her body. There's no record of what her daughter's reaction was after her mother's execution.
0: Um, well, I'm assuming she wasn't happy?
1: Well, Hitler's girlfriend was Ava Braun. Oh. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to go see it. That, I mean, you think about it. that makes sense, I like it. I want to kind of see it.
0: Well, I think it's really neat that they're like, look, you know, you can live here. You're going to live for relatively cheap, but this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, if you want to be here, that's fine. But this is what we expect. And I don't know. To me, it's kind of nice. Like, it kind of runs in line. It is. It really is stunning. Like, those pictures that you sent, they're they're really neat and intricate. And, excuse me, it's different. I don't know. I just think, remember, all right, let me put it this way. Remember a, a while back, it was in season one. When I got that article, and it was about women are running to the nun, the nunneries, because they think it's just better to have a life that they understand. that It's set in stone. It doesn't change. Because out here, there's so much going on. Like, you can ask somebody one time, hey, you guys, I need some ideas on how to... Peel boiled eggs, right? Right. And you'll get like fifty different versions of how you're gonna peel those boiled eggs. You know what I mean? That kind of comes along with everything in life. Everybody has a different opinion, and sometimes it's really hard to figure out which way you should go. So these women are like running off in droves because life is just there's no stability to it, especially with like the advent of like you know social media and all that stuff. So it kind of makes me have that same sort of feeling. But a place like that would make a lot of sense because there's very specific rules. You're expected to act a certain way. This is what, you know, we expect from you. And it kind of gives you that same sort of morality timeline. This is how you should live your life if you're going to be here. It kind of feels similar to that than when we were talking about the nunneries. But it's, it's, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, I'm... It is still the fuckers and the fuckeries. Which is funny to me, but after I started reading it, it just became interesting, and I lost all. I know because when
0: you came in, you were like, "I have this thing about the town of oh my god," and you were like ready to go. But now it's like kind of turned around on you, didn't it? Right,
1: like I, I wouldn't hate it.
0: Well, if you had to get a big plot of land, what would be one of the things that you would be like? This is one of the rules we have here in Jamie Land.
1: No politics.
0: Well, you'd have to have some sort of politics in oh. order to to run.
1: One rule that we can't have in Jamie-land.
0: Like, you'd have to have somebody sort of, like, running it. You'd have to have right, somebody that right. says this is what it well, is. So it's Jamie-land, Jamie so. It could be maybe Jamie-politics. Doesn't need to necessarily be Republican, Democrat, you know. Right. Independent, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: What would I have? What one rule would I have? Nobody goes hungry.
0: Yeah, that would be good. That yeah. you
1: have it and you see somebody in need. And you have extra, you give.
0: Well, maybe you have, like, a farm. Maybe you have, like, a self-sustaining farm. Maybe, like, because how would you do that? Right. We
1: we definitely have, like, a garden and and things like that. We would definitely Mm -hmm. have that. Um, Yeah. Nobody goes hungry.
0: Yeah. I know. I'm, like, I'm a big one with that one. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess when I think about it, hungry is, like, a really good one. But, um... I don't know. I really have to think about it because I, I think about the way I look at my life right now. And, you know, you want people to just be kinder, but that doesn't, that's not necessarily like a rule. So I don't know. I think I would remove social media. I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. Well, to me, because I look at what my daughter goes through. I look at what my son goes through. Maybe just moderate um, like- I look at kind of how they've grown up. So, I have anxiety now. Like, I have a panic disorder now, but that came because I had an arrhythmia, right? It didn't happen as I was growing up. I didn't have that sort of situation. I didn't have this going on until I fell into a situation where I had this heart arrhythmia, right? Right. And I couldn't get anybody to listen to me and all that stuff. So, for six long years, it was, like, traumatizing to go through something until they fucking found it. So, now it's kind of like, I don't know if it's too late necessarily, but I look at them and they're, like, sort of... It's built in. It's like these it is, kids
1: it's built in, and and you know, I feel like I feel like it's trendy. Like I feel like there's a lot of kids out here who are being triggered by things that they shouldn't be triggered by because it's trendy to be triggered by them.
0: Well, they all well, it's like they all seem to have not all. That's like a generalization. But when I look at a lot of these kids, they all have social anxiety.
1: There's yeah, there's a lot. The kids a lot. Of this generation starting with Kira with Katie and Chris's mm-hmm. starting with Katie and Christopher. These were kids who, like, we made them go outside. We made our kids go outside. If they had the choice to go outside or sit in and read books or play video games or anything like that, they would have definitely chose to Oh, them. no, my
0: kids stayed inside.
1: Oh, I forced
0: Katie out the door. No, like, everyone, when now, they got older, no, they didn't go outside.
1: But now, as she got older, she didn't want to go outside. Mm-mm. And now, she's like, that's a lot of people, Mom.
0: Well, I think, too, it's, like, on social media, everybody sort of shows, like, you know, obviously, like, the finer things or whatever. But I look at some of the stuff that goes on, like, with my daughter, and some of these bitches are crazy, like, these little bitches. So, like, she might just say something as simple as, um, like, somebody saying, like, I'm having a day, right? I think there was, like, one of her guy friends was, like, having a moment, and he kind of just posted about, like, he's having a moment that day. And I can't remember exactly what it was now because this was, like, months ago. And to the point where I was, like, getting ready to get in a fucking car. Like, how in the hell? I'm going to go beat up this girl's mother because I was, like, she clearly didn't raise this little bitch right. Well, all she said was, like, I hope you feel better if you ever, you know, if you need to vent or talk like I'm here. And this is somebody that she had known for, like, a while. Well, he had a little girlfriend who didn't like it. And it was, like, the most randomest nothing. And even he was, like, knock it off. Like, this is just a friend. I've known her since I was in elementary school. Like, what are you doing? Whatever. And she just kept coming. And then was, like, inboxing her and stuff. Like, you know, don't be talking to my man and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, you were fucking 13 years old. You need to get the fuck. Like, get a grip. Like, seriously. Like, they weren't even together for, like, a week more than that. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, they have all the relationships, like, online.
1: Abby is not a small girl. And Abby has been through some shit. She's got all this anger just bottled up inside of her.
0: Abby is freaking a rock star now. Like this girl, she just. But she's been through some shit. Oh no, she's definitely been through some shit. I'm waiting for her to like knock somebody out, but she's not. You should let
1: this little girl know where you live so she could have stepped up to Abby. I I feel like Abby would have fucked her up.
0: Now Abby's a lover.
1: I don't think so. She's I think, like a lover, you're, not a you're fighter. Normally, very much a lover too. But um, oh no, I will. You beat,
0: I will beat the living snot out of someone still at forty four. I know. I've
1: seen. No. So there is a different... I am also very much a very passive. I'm very loving. I'm very gentle. But come at me.
0: Well, and, and to me, it's like it's so weird. Like they have all these relationships online now. Like they don't have them in person.
1: It's, it's, like, odd. very
0: weird. Like, they don't, it's like, odd. see each other anymore. And it, it, it's, like, it's all online. And, you know, they're all, like, you know, 13, 14 years These old. kids are weird. They are a little weird. But, like, I mean, I have to tell you, my daughter has turned her life around. She sure has. I cannot begin to tell you the rock star that this child is. Like, she has gone, she has gone through some shit in her life. But she literally, like... I don't even, it's like, I don't want to put her business out there, but I'm just so proud of her. Like she literally failed the school year last year and had to go to summer school because there was a lot of things that were happening in her life. And, you know, then she got, we got with the right people and we got her like in a a really good environment and it was supportive and she was finally able to kind of get it turned around. And, you know, which is some of the stress that we had kind of talked about because it was just, there's lots of people needing you from like everywhere. And then I had, you know, this my job and it—it it was hard, but it was all worth every single bit of it. And she got the right people with her, and I'm getting ready to cry. But she literally made like AV honor roll. Fuck yeah, she did in honor classes.
1: Yeah, she did. You didn't tell me that. I know. Now I got to hug her again.
0: I know. And I'm just like, I can't begin to tell you like how proud of her I am, but she's so grown and it's like hard for her to meet people her age because they're not like her. Right,
1: because she's had to mature.
0: She's so mature, you know, for her age. So I don't know. It's funny, but I don't know if... Honey Bear, if you ever watch this, we're just so proud of you. We tell you all the time, but we're just so proud of you. you or not listen. watch this, but if you listen to this.
1: You listen.
0: If you listen to this, like, we're just so proud of you. And we tell her all the time how proud of her we are and how much we love her. And she just applied to all these, like, uh, to a couple of VOTech schools, one of which she really wants to go to. And um, we're just really crossing her fingers because I think it'd be, like, so great for her. And she is just killing it. So people can change. But I'll tell you what, social media is really hard. So I think if I ever had to have my own... Thing, I think I would get rid of social media. I think I would go completely back. Remember how happy our lives were? Yeah. I mean, do you really think about it? Like, you know, we had a reason to go outside because we, you know. That's like, where our friends were. That's where our friends were. So anyway, you guys should anyway, listen to Jamie real quick.
1: If you have been so mad at somebody that you threw them out the window and then took a massive dump on their corpse, <laughs> write us in at straightfromthevegg.com. Or you can find us on Facebook at Straight From The Net. You can find me on the TikTok at Jamie Hullaball. And you can find Danielle at Danny. Is it Danny from Straight From The Net?
0: Yeah, it might be something like that. Just I, put it I it never post
1: the on there. I need to do better. Put it straight from the net. It'll pop up. Um, you can listen <laughs> yeah. to us on all your major platforms that you listen to your podcast on. But we have something that not all podcasts have. What do we have, Danielle?
0: Well, let me just say this real quick. One of these days somebody is going to start writing in this shit. <laughs>
1: I can't wait. Like, right
0: now she says it, like, just to, like, for shits and giggles. Until I
1: get an email from somebody from TikTok pitched the other day. I pitched some guy out the window, and because I heard your podcast, I totally shit down. I totally
0: shit down their mouth. Yeah. It's like, I'm waiting for that to happen. And the day that that happens, we're going to go live immediately (laughs) because. It's our karma at that point. Right. I don't know. Like, we've invited the crazy you, you in. You've spoken into existence. It, we, we, yeah, we brought it to us by all these crazy things. And you, you'll you notice, if you've listened to this podcast, I've always said, no, don't write us in. And Jamie's like, oh, no, write us in. <laughs> so I don't want it to be my karma. I would like for it to be hers.
1: That's fine. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> but any old who. You can catch us every Friday on the WMLD, the Voice of Heads of Valley Radio, at 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. every Friday. I can't listen
1: to it because I'm at work.
0: And if you miss it, that's okay. Because they replay us on Saturday nights at 7, we think. Um, Maybe. Maybe. And if you miss that, that's okay. Because I usually post them on Sundays. I didn't post last weekend because we were sick and I had nothing to do. And I probably should have told you guys. And I'm sorry. Uh, But we will have something this weekend. Yay! So on Sunday, usually by 11 o'clock, it's posted to our mother account. But uh, you can find the WMLD and all the major app stores. And you can find us Wherever you can hear podcasts, just like Jamie said. So in the meantime, be good people. Don't shit on anyone's face. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.